Recovery First Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Todd. I'm an old dude, but I woke up to 31 years in sustained recovery. And for me, what a doggone miracle that is. I mean, uh, I am really not supposed to be here. Just grateful. Got up, hugged my wife of 24 years. Kind of tears, kind of kind of whelped up a little bit because I thought to myself, man, I am such a lucky, lucky man. I have a life now that is so worth living. The Recovery First Podcast is a podcast that helps highlight local initiatives in Greenville, South Carolina, and as well as on a national stage in the recovery communities. Here you will hear a wider range of topics surrounding addiction, recovery, and amazing advocates helping to make a difference in the recovery space. If you or a loved one are struggling with substance use disorder, please contact us today by calling 864-787-3798 or by visiting www.freedomrecoverycenterofgreenville.org. Now let's get ready to hear another amazing podcast with your host, Mike Todd. I looked at a picture of myself today. I put it on Facebook. I just picked up my first year in recovery, and I was at the old Landmark Hotel. Well, it's still there. Uh, but they had a meeting called Serenity Fest, and uh, that was in November. And I, that end of October, um, I had picked up my first year in recovery. I had the mullet and everything. I was 25 years old. Did I have any idea what recovery would look like for me uh, then? I think that I... You know, you're supposed, you know, I get it. It's supposed to be like one day at a time, but I would kind of think to myself, you know, what do I want from life and uh, back then? And, and I think what I wanted was just a normal life, right? Um, maybe, maybe a wife, a house in the suburbs, a nice car, job, nice job with maybe some benefits. You know, I mean, you get you get in recovery and you start doing this thing, and those things seem, like, attainable. Well, 31 years later, that's not what it looks like at all, really. <laughs> I don't want to scare anybody that's new in recovery, but that's not, I mean, it's not, like, what it looks like, really. It's, honestly, you want me to tell you something? It looks so much more. I mean, it really does. There's so much more. No, I still rent a house here on the west side, kind of the poor side of town. I have an old model Nissan car. I call it a Nissan. Um, but, so I, I, you know, I don't like... You know, I don't live in the big house on the east side of town and drive a, you know, a newer model car and all that stuff. Doesn't look like that. Um, doesn't look like that at all. But uh, 
my wife and I do own a home. Um, we own a, a a pretty big house over off of Wade Hampton Boulevard, and we keep uh, men there that are early in recovery. Uh, we help them come in from detox. We help them come back and forth, get back and forth to treatment. A lot of them um, are indigent, don't have resources, don't have insurance, that kind of thing. So we are able to bring them in, you know, work with them and, uh, you know, feed them, uh, have a bed to sleep in, showers, nice porch to sit on and smoke and talk about recovery and get them back and forth to recovery and uh, help them get back on their feet, help them with their medication. We support that. And, um, you know, I, I guess that's what a wonderful purpose. I've got this really cool podcast. Um, I think a few people get some stuff out of my, uh, you know, rambling zone. And, um, so no, it's not what I thought it would look like, but it, but honestly, it's just so much more. I mean, a wife of 24 years that is just an amazing person, friends that I've got now that I've had for over 30 years, the guys that, um, that I stayed with in early recovery in Myrtle Beach, uh, in, in that condo early in recovery, my wife was like, what did you think of somebody with 31 years? How did you look at them? And I said, honey, they we didn't have anybody with 31. It's just the truth. We didn't. Um, Narcotics Anonymous was still kind of young. Um, you know, I, I it wasn't. I remember like um, there was there was a guy. There was the guy that had the condominium, Ken B, that I stayed with. He had five years. That was a lot of time. Um, but you really had to go over to like AA, uh, you know, to, to find someone with 31 years back then in 1990. Um, and I guess that's what I've, I guess that's what this is about. I mean, recovery is a life worth living, but I, I tell you, it's, you, you just have no idea. It's, it, it, I really, I really looking back. It's more than I ever dreamed it would be. It really is. Um, I think that I, I want it a normal life. I think that I, I, I just want it to feel okay with myself. I have a lot of periods of that. I, um, I've come to terms with, uh, you know, some of the things that I struggle with. Uh, in in the in the realm of mental illness, I, I'm not ashamed of that. I meet it head on. I do things. I, maybe I'll do a podcast about that. Meeting mental illness head on, like you know, even talking about it, even calling it what it is. Because, but anyway, I won't go down a rabbit hole. Grateful, grateful, grateful today. Uh, I had no, like I said, I had no idea. Um, life has, uh, <laughs> life has such a purpose. I, you know what? I think that so many times people go through their whole life 
and it ends and they never really find a purpose. They go to a job that they really don't like or they're married to somebody that they just kind of endure and um, and they kind of live for the weekend, maybe a ball game. Hell, my life is just not like that. It, it really isn't. Um, there's nobody I'd rather spend time with than my wife. Um, every day is a doggone adventure. Sometimes there's a lot of aggravation working with people that are very, very early in recovery, but there's also, um, there's also a lot, a lot of satisfaction and, and, um, in it, there really is to watch someone, you know, come practically out of a tent, um, and then get to the point that they are, um, becoming self-sustaining. Sometimes it's a hard road. We got to have a lot of maybe hard conversations, but um, I know sometimes they don't like me very much because I have to say things to them that aren't very pleasant. But I'm really grateful for what God has has put in front of me. Sometimes I do wonder why me, but um, so if you're out there. And you're looking and you're trying to figure this thing out, man. One of the things that I would always tell myself, and I still do, is don't quit before the miracle happens. A lot of times when I struggle, even in what I do on a daily basis, don't quit until the miracle happens. And I got to tell you, I've had so many miracles. I'm a miracle. So many miracles. My wife is a miracle. Um. It, it's just uh, it's just amazing, a life worth living, finding your purpose, finding the love of your life, you know, getting up every morning and realizing that you're doing exactly what you should be doing, exactly what God wants you to be doing is really cool. So hang in there. Don't quit before the miracle starts, before the miracle happens. Put one foot in front of the other and don't pick up, right? Tell people what's going on and um, just keep trying and you'll be amazed. I know I am just amazed this morning. So Recovery First Podcast. Again, I'm your host, Mike Todd. Um. Big love from South Carolina. So 30 years ago, when I first came into recovery, we didn't have recovery housing. If someone was seeking recovery and maybe coming to meetings and didn't have anywhere to live, we basically try to help them find somewhere to live. And, and that's how it all started. It, we all started basically living together and keeping each other accountable um, in recovery. Now, as the years have gone through, um, it's basically turned into an industry. And with that industry, there comes a lot of challenges. Um, there's a, quite a bit of exploitation. Um, you know, you're dealing with a very, very vulnerable population. So that's the reason that we started the South Carolina Recovery Housing Association to help providers, to help other recovery housing operators 
to help mentor them, um, to help to advocate for them. And one of the things that we did right off the bat was we started getting naloxone into all recovery housing in South Carolina. We were very fortunate to get a grant from the Clinton Foundation and some help from the Recovery Advocacy Project and Challenges Inc. and Favor Greenville. And, you know, all of them combined have helped the South Carolina Recovery Housing Association to begin getting naloxone into all recovery housing in South Carolina and to help train their residents on the use of naloxone. We believe that is the first standard uh, that we need to accomplish in South Carolina. Recovery housing operators are a very valuable resource to those suffering from substance use disorder in South Carolina and we want to advocate for them, train them, mentor, and just work with them with whatever needs that they may have. If you want to get in touch with us, it's screcoveryhousing.org.